reluctantly crouched at the starting line. Engines pumping and thumping in time. The green light flashes, the flags go up. Churning and burning, they yearn for the cup. They deftly maneuver and muscle for rank. Fuel burning fast on an empty tank. Reckless and wild, they pour through the turns. Their prowess is potent and secretly stern. As they speed through the finish, the flags go down. The fans get up and they get out of town. The arena is empty, except for one man still driving and striving as fast as he can. The sun has gone down and the moon has come up. And long ago, somebody left with the cup. But he's driving and striving and hugging the turns and thinking of someone for Giants 25, Bengals 23. Giants moved to 3-0 in the preseason. Welcome to Talking Giants. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, coming to you previously recorded from Florida here with Danny King at Danny King NFL. Danny, we're 3-0 in the preseason. We really could care less about the record, but a win's always better than a loss. How are you feeling, my man? I'm doing good. I'm with you. Yeah, it's the preseason, but I mean, if we wanted to, we could totally overreact saying this team is the best team in the game right now. They are 3-0 in preseason, but this team, we, we there's some good, but there's still some bad with this team to work out, but as you said, it's good to be 3-0 in the preseason to get this team the feeling of winning. You want to get that feeling early. Yeah, it's nice because it's funny in the second half when we weren't scoring, and I was just like, man, it's a lot more fun when we're scoring every I know. drive. Like, this is this is rough. And Cincinnati's field is just like a really ugly field. I'm not even like, I'm not even trying to bash them. Just their field is really ugly. Next next week's gonna be a nightmare to watch. It's just gonna be a bunch of seconds. I mean, it could be fun, but like not. As long just, as we get to see Daniel, Daniel Jones. Jones, that that's the only thing. If we get to see Daniel Jones for two quarters, I'm happy with that. Yeah. Um, why don't we just get right into it? Let's start. You know, for these so these preseason reaction episodes, we're gonna we go position by position. We're not gonna talk about like, man, that second quarter play that was nice. So let's start at the top, quarterback. Eli started off really well, man, and his stats may not like necessarily tell the whole story because he was only four for eight. But Cody Latimer had two drops, one of which was a touchdown. Um, he had some nice throws against the blitz on the, on a third down. I really like what I saw about out of Eli Manning. Nonetheless, his lead blocking skills as well. That was I was laughing so hard when I saw Eli chugging it out in front of Wayne Gallen and just doing like a little tap, like a little tap on the Bengals defender. That that's gonna be my favorite thing this year. Watching Saquon absolutely hustle it down the sideline and then watching Eli trying to keep up with him. But no, I'm with you. Eli had a very impressive game. He put together a nice 15 play drive. Unfortunately, Cody Latimer dropped that touchdown pass. That's something he needs to catch. That could that it, it was a touchdown if he caught that. So, uh, but other than that, uh, Eli had a very good drive and he gave me he, he keeps showing that it's not just a uh, this was against the Bengals, a bunch of their first stringers. So, this was a true look at Eli, and I was very impressed with what we saw. Yeah, their first string defense played almost the whole half, and so Daniel Jones finally got to play against some first string guys. Um, yeah, I, like I said, I, I was really happy with Eli Manning, I thought he did everything well. I think he was sharp, he was pushing the ball downfield. Um, he had two drops by Cody Latimer, so there's two out of the four incompletions. The other one was that third and nine uh, where he just threw it into the corner of the end zone for Latimer. That was kind of just that, – that's pretty much throwing the ball away. You know, it's like, okay, if you can moss everyone Latimer, go ahead and do it. Uh, so he played – like he played really well. Um, Should have been a touchdown. Um, we only got to see one drive out of him again. It would be nice to see a second drive. But they moved the ball pretty methodically. The run game was, you know, well overall. We'll, we'll talk about them when we talk about the O-line. But, yeah, I, I, before, you know, 
I'm pumped to talk about Daniel Jones, but I was really happy with Eli, and he seems like he's got a little bit of a fire under him knowing that Danny Dimes is right behind him. That's the thing. Eli, for as long as he's been the quarterback, he has not had to deal with this type of pressure of possibly losing his job. Davis Webb, yeah, he there was people hoped, but it was never going to happen. Kyle Aletta, that was never going to happen. Uh, David Carr, no. So it's just, it feels good. As you said, Daniel Jones has played well, and he's proven he can be an NFL starting quarterback, and that's going to keep Eli going. So, and as you said, the Bengals stars basically play for the first half, so we got a good look at both Daniel Jones and Eli Manning. And I'm under the impression that this was the, I'm going to say this is the last time we see Eli this preseason, just take him down. Uh, yeah, it, it's his last time. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited that what we got to see out of Eli. Uh, the offense just looked good as a whole, and that got me really excited. So Eli's going to go into Dallas week one. Uh, with a nice confidence, hopefully dominate them, and we'll get a, a week one win over Dallas, but we still got one more week to go in this preseason. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's crazy that it's almost here. Um, and Eli is the starter week one. I really don't think there's anything Daniel Jones could do at this point. Well, according um, to Pat Leonard, uh, Pat Schirmer still hasn't closed the door yet on Daniel Jones starting week one. It's like, just just give up. It's Eli. He's starting. There's, no, there's <laughs> nothing know. to be said. Even if you want Jones, it's, it's going to be Eli. So I, I, I just feel tired. I feel like I'm not bringing the energy. So let's get to Daniel Jones and bring up my freaking energy, Danny. Buy, Dan, buy Danny Dimes shirts on johnboymedia.com. Yes, johnboymedia.com. Go to the merch tab, click Talking Giants. And we have other stuff up there, too. Um, a few people put, like crapped on them, but I think they're pretty dang good. Um, and it's, it's, it's literally da- uh, Danny Dimes. So go check it out. So Daniel Jones, he goes 9, nine for 11, 141 yards. Uh, he had the one sack. Didn't get a touchdown, but came really close to that Darius Slayton play. And, I, you know, I, I said earlier, Danny, that the first two preseason games were extremely exciting. They really were. This third one just was expected. And I feel like that's a progression of having a new QB. It's something I haven't experienced in, you know, we haven't experienced in 15 years. And like I said, those first two games were so exciting. And in this game, which was probably his best, although he didn't get the touchdown, because he went through like all kinds of progressions, face blitzes, face pressure. Uh, this was probably his best game, and he made some really ballsy throws. Um, some gave his wide receivers chances. Uh, I, I was pumped, man, and it's it's nice that it's more expected now uh, after after three games. So yeah, I, I was really happy with Jones, and we could talk about individual throws after your your. To- what are you? So what are your you know total thoughts on Jones leaving this game? I'm with you. I expect him to have a good game, but it, uh, him playing against a bunch of the first stringers really, it made me feel even better. And I, I, last week he had to go up against a little adversity with the fumbles playing against the second team online. Tonight he got his big welcome to the NFL with that monster hit that was laid on him after Remmers and Solder got beat. Jones got sandwiched. He fumbled it, but that was just because of the hit that I would have fumbled it as well. That was on Nate Solder. That uh, was on and Nate Solder's wife called us fake news she's lucky we didn't she didn't get that actually she didn't we did post that clip but yeah nate told his wife called us fake news it was kind of funny it was funny i, I like that tweet but you gotta love a wife defending her offensive lineman even when oh she has, she has they, to that that that's the part of the job if you got an offensive lineman as a husband you gotta defend him so no uh, i'm well, with you football, football wives that, that show's <laughs> coming soon um, <laughs> if you've ever been to like a little league football game like pop warner just, like, go sit next to the quarterback's mom for, like, 10 minutes, and you'll, like, want to rip your hair out. 
<laughs> no, but uh, I'm with you. Dan- if Daniel Jones did, like had like a mediocre game, we'd be like, oh, that that's it. He played that Darius Slayton pro beautiful. I was Daniel Jones just keeps impressing me week after week, and it, I would feel totally confident if we sent him out there week one. Uh, maybe that's just me being a little too excited about it. But if Eli if Eli was horrible and Daniel Jones was playing at this level, I would feel totally confident given. Daniel Jones, the reigns week one in Dallas. You know, Danny, I kind of feel the same way. <laughs> and I know it'll make the Eli people mad. And it's not like, it's not even negative Eli. We still just, love I'm, Eli. We still I know. It's just, I'm so, I'm so excited for him. I'm so excited for Daniel Jones. I want to see him play in regular season football. I think he's ready. I really do. Um, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and say he gives us a better shot than Eli. But what I am saying is that, I, I would love to see Daniel Jones trot out week one. I would be I would not be mad about that at all. Um, I'm not even saying it's the right decision. I'm just saying I would be excited about that, and I wouldn't you know I wouldn't be worried. Um, it would suck that you know Eli uh, you know he doesn't even get to start one game his final season. But like like you said, Danny, I would be confident in him if he were the guy that trot out week one. Although that's not going to happen. Oh, that if that will ne- that will not happen. This is Eli's job to lose. He has, as I said in our pregame show, he's got three weeks to get this team on the right track. So, uh, but no, Daniel Jones has looked very impressive in his preseason. We'll get a long look at him next week. He'll probably play the first quarter. He'll probably play even a little bit into the second quarter. Uh, so dependent. No, yeah. So I'm saying first, second quarter. Next, we're gonna get a good look at Daniel Jones. Not I guess first string guys. But that doesn't matter. As I've been saying, some of the competition he's played here in New York is some is better than some of the competition he played down at Duke. But yes, he played some good teams. But these are second string NFL guys, third string guys that are fighting for their job. He got to play against the first string defense for a good yeah. chunk of that second quarter. As that's well. an, that's another thing. The Jets they took out most of their starters. The Bears they didn't play basically anyone. So going up against the likes of uh, Geno Atkins and Carlos Dunlap. And that was big-time pressure. They gave the offensive line problems, those two, and he was able to handle the pressure well. They gave him clean pockets, but sometimes when the pox collapsed, he did a good job to step up and deliver some good passes. He made some good reads as well. So he didn't, uh, as people complain in the Jets game, oh, he threw on his first read. You saw him do his progressions, and sometimes when nothing was there, he did a good check down to like Ellison or whoever the running back was. Just good decision-making by Daniel Jones. Yeah, I agree 100%. Like really good decision-making, going through his reads, facing blitzes, facing pressure. Um, there was uh, the play that Nate Solder, not the play where he got sandwiched, but the play that Nate Solder's wife called us fake news. He went through like three or four progressions, and then that was the one where he got he threw the ball to Wayne Gallman, and Wayne Gallman caught it on his knees and got up and ran. That was really nice because he had somebody like screaming down his backside, and, and he made that throw. So, yeah, he made some really good throws going through progression. And a lot like – the Bengals ran like some of the stuff they're going to run in regular season. It wasn't as vanilla. They changed looks up. And, and we'll go more into detail on that when we get to actually sit down and, and watch all the film in slow motion. Right now we're just kind of live reacting after watching it, you know, a second time through just real quick. Um, and then to come back after getting completely just smacked after Nate Solder and Mike Remmers got beat, um, you know, he did fumble the ball. Let's not, but that was, that was more of a, I, I honestly thought that was an incomplete pass more so than a fumble. But to come back and, and score after that, I mean, he just – he gave his guys chances. Like that that deep post to Britton Golden, uh, the, the play to uh, Darius Slayton on the sideline. And I think there was one more, like, 
deep shot he took. I can't remember exactly though. I I'm, I think you may have mentioned it, but was it that play at the end of the half to Britton Golden? Is that the play you're thinking about? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. That, I, I that, remember there was three. Beautiful pass by Jones, but in my opinion, even more impressive catch by Brennan Golden. Oh, yeah, that was an amazing catch by Golden. That was, Go- that was a hard throw. That wasn't his best throw, but it was a good throw. Yeah. But, yeah, that was, a, that was a nice catch by Golden. Obviously, we'll get to Golden later, but he had a decent game, but that muff punt did really hurt him. But back to Daniel Jones. Uh, just a good all-around game by Daniel Jones. I, I have it here. Someone posted it. Where is it? Uh, NFL update. They, this is this Daniel Jones stats. I'm going to read them out. That he put him out there. It's very impressive. He's 25 hey, for 30. Hey, passing. Danny, I put him out there too. Give um, Bobby Skinner NFL some credit. Well, my bad, Bobby. I didn't see you out there first. All right, the NFL update <laughs> caught my eye. No, but he, he 25 for 30 passing for 369 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, and honestly, the two fumbles lost. Uh, he his passer rating is 140.1. The Daniel Jones critics have silence. They they can't say anything bad about him. They, what they could complain about his two fumbles last week, but what could you say bad about him tonight? Nothing. And I mean, hey, but people let, believe in this cat, Danny. And NFL update, by the way, Danny didn't pick up that he had 12.4 yards per attempt so far in the preseason. So suck it, NFL update. Well, that that's where Bobby brings us even more into the NFL update. Just throws it out there because I don't the just pit 25 for 30. I also pit what the completion percentage is because some people can't do math, Danny. 83.3, if you were wondering. But, but hey, let's make this clear, though. Pat Trimmer still did not want Daniel Jones. He was very upset when they drafted him. Yeah, good on me not tweeting that Ryan Clark all night. Yeah, we should, you know, just good job on your part. We didn't get anyone mad tonight. Um, well, some, well, we got Nate Solder's wife kind of mad. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, dude, he just made great throws all night. Um, I wish we could have got a touchdown on the board because those videos always go really good. But you know, he made every throw he could. Uh, that let's see, I mean, the two incompletions, the one. I don't know if you can count as a drop by TJ Jones because he was getting wrapped up as soon as the ball hit his chest. Um, but, you know, I'll look at it in slow motion later. And the other one was the fourth and four where they went for it, which I'm totally cool for. You're in the preseason. Go for it. Uh, I, he had TJ Jones on an in route. And I, it looked like he could have thrown it, although there was kind of a linebacker spying. But he throws that corner to Russell Shepard. Um, overthrows it a little bit, but I think it was more of like, I'm going to throw this where only he can get it instead of getting the ball intercepted. So I don't hate that, although I think he probably could have went to T.J. Jones on the end round. No, yeah, I'm with you. That four for two, we know Aldrich Rosas can make that field goal. Why even waste our time? Give Dan- this is a, a situation he will face one day in the NFL. If he's got to convert on a fourth down, and he did a good job. And uh, well, yes, it was. It wasn't. It was just a good challenge for him. Yes, he. I believe he could have made that pass to T.J. Jones, but still, uh, as long as it was incomplete wasn't a turnover or anything like that i'm fine with it but just just giving daniel jones these type of plays will only help him in the future like at the end of the second half they gave him like what 20 seconds to try and get down the field obviously they got close but not close enough for a field goal so and it, good it, on good on pat Shermer for doing that instead of yeah. just dealing the ball it's like it's the yeah. preseason let's at least it's not a two-minute drill but let's see what would happen if there was an extra 20 seconds on the clock so, yeah, good on Pat Schirmer for letting him do that to kneel on the ball. That would have ticked a lot of people off, including yeah. myself. Like, what if, like, that's a real game. We got 20 seconds to go down a score and try and win the game or tie the game up. Good 
decision maker by Patrick. We're building Daniel Jones up to a point where he'll be ready to face these situations in a real game where he'll have the confidence. He won't be nervous to go out there. The Giants are preparing Daniel Jones so well for when the day finally comes when he takes the torch, he'll be able to handle this in real life, in real game situations. Got to convert on a fourth down. You got minimum time to go. Good. Patrick has done a good job developing this young quarterback. Muted. All right, let's talk about the rest of the offense. Let's start up front, offensive line. Not as good as the first two games from the starters, although not bad, except for you know that pan that when they got pan when Daniel Jones got pancaked for that fumble. Can't have that happen, man. You can't let a kid get destroyed like that, especially when you're the two starting tackles in Mike Remmers and Nate Solder. Like that's you just can't have that happen. That's how guys get injured. Um but besides that, I thought they were better in the run game than the past game, Danny. I, I thought they actually got really good movement in the run game. We saw Wayne Gallman have some good plays. Um, it wasn't—I wouldn't say it was their best, in the most spectacular game, but it was solid. Um, obviously, you know we're going to remember Daniel Jones getting uh, sandwiched. But besides that, I thought they were pretty solid. They did a good good job in the past game. Um, but I, I was actually—I was more impressed in the run game, though. They opened up some holes for Wayne Gallman. Uh, as, as we said, this is a real test for them. They go up against the likes of Carlos Dunlap, Geno Atkins, uh, Art Stapleton. He uh, he caught up with uh, Will Hernandez, and uh, Will Hernandez, he called his performance unacceptable. And uh, so you like to see that fire from Will Hernandez. You could tell he was very annoyed at himself for giving up the fumble, the face mask, the false start. So that's something I believe he'll adjust to. But I'm with you. They opened up some good running lanes for Wayne Gallman. He had some good cuts to get some few extra yards where needed. Uh, the passing game wasn't the best, but they still held a good pocket long enough for the likes of Daniel Jones and Eli Manning to get these passes and complete some of them. So, as you said, not their best game, but not an awful. This is, if that's the worst that Giants offensive line will get, that's fine by me. I'll say that. Yeah, definitely. All right, so we'll, we'll spend... We'll, we'll spend more time on the offensive line uh, on Monday's episode when we get to sit there and watch the film. Um, the, the tight ends, though, Evan Ingram, he finally got the play. He had a nice catch, although it's like, dude, don't duck your head into those hits. Just run out of bounds. It's the preseason. Ellison, really impressed with Red Ellison. Um, had, a, had a few catches, and he is really good as a run blocker. I'm, I'm noticing it more and more. I don't know if he got better. I mean, because he was good at it last year, but he is just, like, dominant in the run game. It's kind of... It's kind of unbelievable that a tight end blocks as well as Red Ellison does. Hey, Red Ellison's uh, block had a run block and has been quite impressive. And he made some good plays tonight. He had that nice pe- play in the beginning of the game. He gained a lot of yards. The tight ends, as uh, besides Scott Simonson, uh, th- they did a good job all around, in my opinion. Evan Ingram, we saw him for one play, but he got a good. That tight end screen worked very well tonight. And I, I that run that play. Every time with Evan Ingram, he will break that for some good yards that we saw that tonight. I love when he put that shoulder right into B.W. Webb. That was very satisfying. But Red Ellison, uh, as much as we were like, ah, oh, he could be cut for cap casualty, uh, the more we realized we shouldn't do that, and tonight's game proved that even more. He's a good run blocker. You can rely on him in the passing game. He's not fast, but he's the he's not an Evan Ingram, but he can – you can trust him with the ball. He will lower his head. He will truck some guys and gain some few extra yards. I'm still overall very happy with Red Ellison, and uh, his uh, run blocking will only help the Giants even more because if Evan Ingram's run blocking has improved, uh, that will be a good duo right there. And you can't forget Scott Thomas is good in the run game as well. Yeah, I'm really eating my words when I was you know talking all offseason about how Red Ellison could be a guy we move on from. Yeah, same here. Um, 
<laughs> and he had uh, two catches for 26 yards. It was really solid. Scott Simonson had that big drop. He was good in the run game as, as usual, but that drop was – and he was playing late in the game, which was a little odd. You thought they'd run more C.J. Conrad and Garrett Dickerson, who Garrett Dickerson actually had a really good game. That screenplay that you highlighted uh, online, which was really nice. Um, C.J. Conrad had the the one catch for 11 yards on the dra- on the play-action drag route. Um, I'd, I'd say overall really good from our tight ends, but Red Ellison is really impressing me. Like we're gonna we're gonna run a lot of two tight end sets this season, Danny. And the two tight end sets will be huge, but I'm with you. Red Ellison has been very impressive to me. Well, I was like a fan of Red Ellison. I wasn't over the moon about him, but so far for pre preseason games, I am very excited that. The Giants brought in Red Ellison. He was brought in, what, the 2017 with Ben McAdoo? The fact Ben McAdoo really didn't use him was, is still shocking to me just looking at it now because he would totally have helped us in 2017 last year and being back with Pat Shermer, having that familiarity with the offense, that really helps him out. So Red Ellison, I am super pumped he's on this team, and I believe he's only not only going to help the team, but he's totally helped Evan Ingram in that run blocking game because I feel like Evan Ingram has improved from 2017 to 2018, and hopefully he takes a jump from 2018 to 2019. Yeah, Evan Ingram was def. Uh, I- I'm going to actually when I go and watch this fam- the film this weekend, I'm going to I'm going to spend some time watching every time Evan Ingram had the block. But yeah, there, I mean there wasn't any play that highlighted as bad, so it had to be at least decent. Um, Let's talk about C.J. Conrad, though. Do you think he's got a chance at this roster? Do you think there's any chance we run four tight ends? Uh, no, I, I I don't see it. If anything, if we do run four, I could see four tight ends, but it will be uh, Evan Ingram, Red Ellison, Scott Simonson, and Garrett Dickerson since he's been, some, he's been someone that has impressed the coach staff, and he's impressed me. He was on the practice squad last year. He played in a few games, so uh, CJ, they really didn't even use CJ Conrad. I don't think we saw him until, like, what, maybe like two minutes left in the fourth quarter. They gave Garrett Dickerson the more meaningful snaps. That Garrett Dickerson is the guy if they does go four tight ends, so I'm, I'm a bigger fan of while I was like intrigued by CJ Conrad, he never jumped out at me as someone that was like, oh, I can make a roster. Well, he can make a roster, but he just didn't jump out at me. I'm not going to say Garrett Dickerson jumped out at me. I only realized he was on the roster last week, but I'm a big believer in him now, seeing that he could be a. He's good in making some blocks. He's just a guy. He's just a baller. If you remember on the. Shot Paula, 20 inch rims <laughs> on the Impala. On that, uh, what was it? The he he broke out of a tackle and then he dove for the first down to make sure he got it on that uh, tight end screen. Once again, the Giants ran a tight end screen twice tonight. We're gonna see that a lot this year. That dump off, he made forty one, missed the tackle. He 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 showed some wheels as well. He's a big guy, but he showed some wheels. Nothing impressive, not Evan Ingram level, but he showed some wheels. So I'm a bigger fan of Garrett Dickerson now. You could call me like a bandwagoner for just hopping on his train less than a week ago, but I don't care. I just support my guys, and Garrett Dickerson is someone I would want on either the practice squad or on this team. Yeah, C.J. Conrad's not making the team. Uh, He's just – he hasn't played bad. He's just been kind of underwhelming. There was a lot of hype going in, um, and I haven't really paid attention to his run blocking, which I said – He's been good. I noticed in the last, the first two games, his run blocking was good, which I thought was kind of a question coming out of Kentucky. But he's not going to make this team, especially when we have to make so many difficult decisions at wide receiver, at DB. Like, there's a lot of difficult decisions. And I think having Evan Ingram, who is obviously a lock and is like the star tight end for this team, and then Red Ellis and Scott Simons, they're such a great deal. I, I don't see them running three, but I do think. I, I can't keep. I can't keep saying we're going to throw everyone on the practice squad because I'm going to run out of spots. 
But CJ Codrat is a guy I do think will make the practice squad. Oh, on Twitter, I was I, I don't know what to do with Josiah Tuefa or Tufu. I don't know. I'm not gonna bother. But I said practice. <laughs> I said practice squad. I'm like, oh god. I mean, I, I could see him on the practice squad, but I feel like I've said every guy that I like could be on the practice <laughs> squad. Yeah, yeah. Or they're good at special teams. You could just say that about anybody, and nobody will ever question you. Yeah, but also real talk. I, I have bothered uh, jo- Josiah Tuefa's uh, college. I've angered the UT. Well, what's what did he go for again? Texas San Antonio. Yeah, I, I've kind of angered them because I kind of said, "Do I see him making the roster? No, but I can see him on the practice squad." Uh, they're they're not happy with that. They're all calling him a baller. So now I have to go watch some tape on Josiah. He's a baller, but he's going to be on the practice squad. Get over it, University <laughs> of Texas San Antonio. Or, or yeah, that's the problem. We, we if we just no, not everyone could be on. I'm the practice looking up squad their Twitter right now. Right now, they 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 get on you. That means they get on me. Well, no, it's mainly the fans. They're they're supporting him, but it's just funny because I'm gonna. They're more of a believer in Toefa than I am. But the oh, well, any any time I post anything that just side Toefa, all his like brothers come and like start uh, defending him. <laughs> I've been challenged to go watch his tape, and I'm gonna go watch his tape at some point. Go learn more about him. Watch his tape. Worth your time. Like, dude, we have watched his tape, dude. Uh, yeah, he's a he like works for the college, anyways. Whatever, Wes Crockett, you weirdo. Um, we have watched the tape, Wes. You watched the tape. How about you stop being such a homer, Wes? Anyways. We, we um, just got so off topic. What were we, oh, we're talking about the tight end. Did we start talking about the linebackers? Talking about these te- these triggered. I, I have some friends that are visiting Texas, and I just keep sending them the SpongeBob video of, like, what's so good about dumb old Texas? <laughs> that is a legendary moment. Just, what am I? Uh, I wouldn't be so. Yeah. What's the difference? <laughs> I would be so obnoxious at, in Texas because I'd be like, man, every. I would just keep making dumb, corny jokes about how every, everything's bigger. Um, <laughs> look at that lady. Everything is bigger in Texas. Bro, um, did you see the lunchrooms in Texas? They have a subway in their high school lunchrooms. It's like, what? Everything's bigger in Texas, baby. <laughs> um, all right, back on topic. All right, let's move on from the tight ends. We've we've exhausted that. Um, let's the running backs. Gallman was good. Uh, let me go through the numbers real quick. Gallman actually wasn't that good. Eight for thirty-one. Hilleman six for fourteen. But he had a lot of short yardage stuff, so I can't really complain about his his yards per carry. Rod Smith five for eight. Per, good lord, man, these dudes are, have horrible stats. We averaged two point two yards per carry. Um, nobody's setting themselves up. I mean, Wayne Gallman is the number two. Um, I, you know, we thought there might be a more of a battle of that going to preseason. But Gallman is the number two. There's no doubt in my mind about that. But this battle for three, is kind of ugly. I, 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 I would give the, the nod to Rod Smith at the moment, though. Well, Rod Smith didn't help himself. Well, I'm, it's not his fault, but uh, uh, coaches are going to get mad at him because he got injured. But that groin injury definitely didn't help. But, I mean, as as you said, Paul Perkins did not contribute in the run game. But he had a nice few screen plays here and there. Uh, Jonathan Hilleman, uh, I, I'm not saying he's going to become the third running back. But with the way Rod Smith and Paul Perkins have been playing, nothing impressive. Do you think maybe they just take a risk on him and be like, screw it, let's just give this underactive free agent a shot, and hopefully he could turn out to be something as our third running back? Possibly, because the other two guys haven't been impressive. But this is also a trap, Danny. Net Every year, and I do the same thing, I fall for the four-string running back. Last year was Rob Martin, who, who did make the team, and I think should still be on the team anyways. But it's hard to – every year I fall in love with the four-string running back. 
I haven't. You were on the Rob Martin train. You you were a big believer in Rob Martin. I was like, hey, I was also a little more of a biased person last year, and he interviewed with uh, Superman Radio. So now I, I'm not biased for guys anymore. But back then, I, I was really biased. So, but I did like him though. To me, Rob Martin was just on the team. See, Jonathan Hilleman, he he. I don't know. Just I, I as you said, the running backs behind Gallman have not been impressive. But I feel like they're they're a fan of Rod Smith. They could view him as someone in the passing game. And to be quite honest, do they keep him as like a what? He he's a he's a scout for the Cowboys. Pretty much, he's played in their offense. He knows what they're gonna run. Basically, he knows Prescott. So uh, obviously, if Elliot was there, it would make it twenty times better. He doesn't know this guy replacing him right now, so they can use him as a scout option. But it's just this third running back battle. I said this this is gonna be a fun battle to watch. It's turned out to be such a boring battle. I mean, Paul Perkins fumbled literally on the first game back. I'm like, oh well, Rod Smith. He just pulled out ahead by a mile. It's next game, Rod Smith fumbles, and this game, Rod Smith went out injured. Paul Perkins did literally nothing. So I I don't know what's gonna happen at the third running back spot. Yeah, let's not talk about running backs. It's depressing. Um, we got Saquon, so that's like the the greatest news ever. <laughs> wide receivers, though. Let's start with Darius Slayton. That one catch, that was a nice catch. And those are catches that me and you saw at Auburn, Danny. Like, those were the catches like, man, that is some nice stuff. He makes those catches. I know he had some, like, like battles with drops in camp and whatnot. But, like, he makes some amazing catches, and that really was. I mean, it was a beautiful throw by Danny Dimes. It was a dime from Danny Dimes. But, like, that, that was a really nice catch. I was impressed. And... You know, me and you talked about pregame, like what we expect out of him. Uh, I said, you know, let's let's give him a couple shots to make some spectacular plays, and that's exactly what he did. And he almost fell into the end zone on that play. Darius Slayton. I you know said, we needed that to be a touchdown. We really needed that to yeah. be a touchdown. As you said, we've seen his tape, and he has made those type of catches at Auburn. It's almost like he it is just casual for him. Daniel Jones placed it in a spot where only well, I I, I gotta look at the tape again, but from my memory, Daniel Jones obviously he laid a dime, but it was just it's such a spot that only Darius Slayton could get it, and if he fell into the end zone, that would have made it twenty times better. But just given just seeing Darius Slayton out there made me feel so much better knowing that all right, he's good, he looks good, he is not just a fluke of what we saw in Auburn. Hopefully, just that was a good play, but yeah, Darius Slayton, I'm happy to see him, but this wide receiver. Uh, the group as a whole, mainly that last spot, I felt like Britton Golden almost made a run at it tonight, but just that muff punt probably really hurt his, didn't hurt his chances, but it just made the coaches have, after a good game, just give them a little sour taste in their mouth. Yeah, I just think it's too crowded for Golden to make the team. He had those two really nice catches from Jones. The punt return for a touchdown was obviously nice, then the fumble kind of, like you said, leaves a sour taste in your mouth, but I just don't see him as being a guy who has a chance at this roster. Um, the other guys... Russell Shepard played well. He was with the starters, which was interesting because I thought they would go with either. Um, I, I thought it'd be both Jones and and Fowler, but they they went with Shepard. Um, he played pretty well. He had that third down catch from Eli. He had another nice catch from Daniel Jones. Uh, Cody Latimer, the two drops can't have that man. You really can't like that loses games in regular season. You can't have that. Although he's never really had a problem with drops, so I don't I don't want to worry about it too much. Fowler didn't do anything special. Um, he caught both caught balls that were thrown to him, but only for nine yards. One was on that like zero-yard drag route from Eli to start the game. And then TJ Jones, zero catches on two targets. The one, I, I don't even want to blame him for it being a drop from the Daniel Jones, but it was in his chest. 
I'm a big believer in Russell Shepard. He's a good special teams guy. And well, that's another thing. We're all saying, oh, this guy could contribute on special teams. But Russell Shepard is someone that could contribute on special teams. Him and Antonio Hamilton last year were very good in the gunner roles. They were able to get down there and sometimes not allow him a big return. But Russell Shepard, I was happy to see him get that first team reps because I believe uh, Dave Gellman and Sherman are a fan of him. But also, I'm going to have to bring it up. Uh, Benny Fowler, uh, when you do catch a football, please run forward to get the first down and don't run backwards because that would take away the first down as like we saw. Uh, that, I'm not I, remembering that play. It was, I, it was Daniel Jones, I believe. He threw a strike to Benny Fowler. Benny Fowler caught it. He was on the first down marker. And then he t- like turned around and ran backwards to try and get back to the first down marker, and, and it took away the first down. You, when you w- look at the tape, you'll see. It. You'll be like, well, "What was he doing?" But that that was something that that's the only thing I literally remember from Benny Fowler because it was such a stupid moment. I, he, the amount of times Benny Fowler will do that, probably zero. But um, I'm annoyed at it because it took away a first down. So that's my only problem with it. Britton Golden, I was, I literally tweeted out, I'm like, Britton Golden, he closed this, uh, I believe he'd make, he could make a run at this spot, and then literally the next time he's out there to get a punt, he muffed it. So nothing special there. The Reggie White Jr. catch, I liked it, very impressive. Uh, so yeah, uh, TJ Jones not getting the first team reps was kind of interesting to me, but I think they want to keep him and Jones together because they feel they're, they have a good connection going, so to keep building on it. But if he's going to be on this roster, well, I mean, we believe he is. He had to get some wrestling with Eli, and this was really the last chance to do that. So I'm intrigued to see how they utilize him in week one because I believe he'll be on this roster. Yeah, I think he's a lock at this point. And, yeah, I saw someone go in at you for jinx and the Brandon Golden uh, fumble, so I'm, I'm blaming that on you, Danny. Uh, Should have right, knocked on wood. I know. All right, Danny, let's take a quick break, and we'll get to the defense. All right, on the defense, Danny, first, before we like go position by position, who impressed you the most? Jeez, that's really tough because, uh, see, Nate's Because Stewart I Park. just put you on the spot, and I just – Here like, we go. I thought of that question on the spot, Danny. I know. And, I was like, and as I asked it, I was like, man, I just really put Danny on the spot. <laughs> I was, when you said that, I'm like, damn, he didn't even give me any time. <laughs> I, know, I thought about the question on the spot. I really did. No, but all right, so uh, hear me out. Everyone hear me out here. Nate Stupar, that first half, he was very good. He was very good. All right. He had some good block, good tackles. The second half, he was not good. So if we look at first half, Nate Stupar, I was very impressed with Nate Stupar. I believe he's going to be on this roster. The Giants like him. And he, he almost looked faster this year. He had that huge knee brace on last year because he had an injury. And it felt like it was still lingering from that. So with that off, he seems faster. And he made some good tackles in the first half, but he just couldn't do it in the second half. So that's an issue. But if I'm going to have to go all around... Uh, Oshan Ximenez, four total tackles, two sacks. The guy was out there dominating, had some good plays. Osh- the first preseason of the game, we didn't see a lot of Oshan Ximenez. These past two games, he's got a sack at each of them. So I'm really impressed with Oshan Ximenez. But I- I'm serious. Nate Stupar, if he-, if he only made some big-time tackles that second half, we'd be talking about him as one of the players of the game tonight. Yeah, you said the X Man is who it was for me. He was really impressive. That second sack I thought was really nice on the stunt. Uh, the first one, he just kind of beat his guy off the line like so quickly that that was really nice. Man, he might be playing himself into some playing time like week one because he. I mean, he looked really good. He plays with a high motor. I'm 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 liking Ocean Zimenez more and more every week. Um, so yeah, he played really really well. I, I want to talk a little bit about the middle linebacker number two battle since Ogletree was out. So we had Tay Davis and Ryan Connolly playing next to each other. Connolly, I don't think Connolly had a great game. There was nothing that he did that made me think he was bad. 
I thought Tay Davis had a really good game. Um, he did get beat. Yeah, I, I wouldn't call it beat, but he got juked when he kind of overran that that running back pass. But he had that that in that first drive, he had a nice hit on Andy Dalton right into his hips, rushing off the edge, which Tay Davis hasn't been put in that situation a whole lot. So that's something I would like to see in the, in the regular season. We usually saw when they would put a middle linebacker on the edge, it was Ogletree. I would love to see Tay Davis in that role if he can do stuff like that. Um, I thought he played pretty good in the run game. He had some good, like, you know, he filled the hole the correct way um, for someone else to make the play. So, you know, going into this game, Danny, we talked about maybe Ryan Connolly, like, separating himself from Tay Davis. I think Tay Davis, at least for week one, has kind of secured that he's going to be over Connolly. No, yeah. Also, that pass rush and that that, – in which Tay Davis got the hit on Andy Dalton was beautiful. They really forced him there. But I'm with you. Tay Davis, as much as we were a fan of Ryan Connolly, Ryan Connolly is still a rookie. He still has some flaws. Tay Davis is going to be the guy next to Ogletree week one. At least we expect Ogletree to be starting. If Ogletree is not starting, then it would be Ryan Connolly and Tay Davis. But I felt like I know he's not going to make— Well, I'm just not sure. He's such a mystery right now. But B.J. Goodson, he felt like he was playing for fire underneath him. He was laying some big-time hits on some bangles. He was mad because he got buried on the depth chart. He's not happy with that because he believes he's better than who he's playing with. He believes he's better than Tay Davis. He believes he's better than Ryan Connolly. So B.J. Goodson, we talked about in our our pre-show, well, at least he's just such a hard guy to predict what they're going to do with because as much as I'm a fan of B.J. Goodson, I feel like they're just not a fan of him, but they like him enough to keep him. It's just, what are they going to do with B.J. Goodson? This 53-man cutdown date, August 31st, is going to be quite interesting to see who they keep and who they let go. Yeah, Danny. I thought B.J. Goodson did play really well. I'm glad you said that. It it was kind of sad, man, because our third strings are really bad, especially in the DB. So you see all like these nobodies who are never going to make the team. And just seeing B.J. Goodson out there in the middle of them, was kind of depressing, man. I felt bad for the guy because like, he's done pretty good in the NFL. He hasn't been anything spectacular, but he's been pretty dang good. And to see him like buried be- behind Nate Stupar and then playing with these third string guys, it just—I don't know. I don't like it. And I kind of—I th- I think he's a better player than Nate Stupar. Maybe Nate Nate does more of, of the other things that they like, like special teams and and better, a little better in coverage. But if you're asking me to start him in a linebacker, I'm starting B.J. Goodson over Nate Stupar. I'm with you 100%. As much as I hyped up Nate Stupart before, Nate Stupart, that all-around guy. If, if Nate Stupart's out there starting full-time, then there's either a big injury or the, there's something wrong. I, I was hammering home this offseason that BJ that the battle's going to be BJ Goodson and Tay Davis. I even had the idea that you could do Tay Davis on like a more third and long. He's the versatile guy. BJ Goodson could be your third and short guy. He could lay the boom if you need to. I, I hammered home the point that BJ Goodson should be on this team, and the fact that he, as you said, playing with these first-string guys who B.J. Goodson is so much better than is, is quite shocking. And In my opinion, B.J. Goodson, if you wanted to, he, he he's a trade asset. A team will need a, a linebacker like B.J. Goodson on their team. So it, it, I'm just shocked that he is so far down the roster. He, he really wasn't even felt like given a chance to earn his spot. It was just as much as we're a fan of Ryan Connolly, I didn't expect Ryan Connolly to be this much of a factor. So maybe that's t- changed their plans a little bit. But just as I'm with you, it's just so sad seeing BJ gets to play with these guys that he's 100% better than. Yeah, it it, it really is. Um, any other linebackers stood out to you on the edge or anything? Lorenzo Carter, he he didn't do anything that stuck out to me. O'Shane obviously did what he did. Kareem Martin, nothing. Um, none of the other guys in the middle. I think we're good. The D-line. Uh, one thing I did notice is that when they went to nickel, B.J. Hill was the first guy off the field, and they left Dexter Lawrence and 
and uh, Dalvin Thompson in, which was kind of weird because I thought Dalvin would be the guy they moved off. But that also can't could be like nothing, and it's just preseason. They want to take the the veteran or the guy that they have like the the guy that we trust in the most. Obviously, we we expect a lot out of Dexter Lawrence, but B.J. Hill I think is the guy we're the most confident in coming off last year. Um, Dexter Lawrence had that SWAT. I thought he did pretty decent on getting penetration, but as a whole, I just those three guys didn't really wow me this game. It's hard to get a read on Dexter Lawrence because th- these teams are really preparing for him because they know he could be a wrecking ball on any team's offensive line. He could stop the run game, so they're doing a good job planning for him, making sure he gets double teamed. But I don't you, he got that as you as you said that huge mid up and just knocked that ball down. But and besides, they had a few good pass rushes, but other than that, uh, this defense, I'm I'm still nervous about it. I, I, they they do have the talent, I believe, but they just haven't showed it yet it felt like besides that tu- that drive where they gave up the touchdown that was just a horrible drive Jenkins over jumped around Jabril Peppers messed up on that play so the defense is still very much a question mark on this team and this was pro this is the last time we're going to see most of them and they did not leave a, a good like a feeling in me that they could go out there and stop Dallas week one because as much as we trash on Dak Prescott for some reason he can do well against us Jason Witten who's returning I haven't watched much of Dallas I'm not sure how much he's played but he has always been a problem for the Giants for some strange reason uh so I just hope this defense can get stops because if they the offense has all the potential but it's all on the defense to get stops because last year the Giants had so many games won but the defense let us down they cannot do that again this year yeah Pepper's Gave up that touchdown. was in man coverage. And it was weird because I actually, like, zeroed in on him. Like, okay, he's in man coverage. Let's see what happens. And he just gets absolutely burnt on a wheel route by the tight end. You can't have that kind of stuff happen, man. Like, we've seen that too much with Landon Collins. Pepper's like – and maybe maybe it's, like, time we temper our – we've always – we've been super excited for him offseason. And I don't want to overreact to one play because he did have some other good plays in man coverage against the tight ends. But that one play is – it kind of reminded me when Ogletree got sto- scored on by Najoku um, in that first preseason game last year against Cleveland, where it's like, come on, dude, you're supposed to be the guy. Um, so that was frustrating. Janoris Jenkins. Um, Janoris Jenkins wasn't dialed in. It was a preseason game. Like you said, he tried to overjump a few things and, and got burnt. He got moss on that one play, which that number nine guy for Cincinnati, they just throw the ball up to him. He makes plays. I don't know who he is, but pretty damn good. Um, I thought Grant Haley did pretty well. Uh, I, had, I didn't zero in on him, but I, I thought he did pretty well. And Corey Ballantyne, your guy, Danny, he played really, really good in this game. Uh, uh, before I, you may hear rain in the background, I can't stop Mother Nature. It's what she does. But no, Corey Ballantyne, he had a pick six. It was 100% a pick six. If he caught that, he was gone. It was a touchdown. But I feel like Corey Ballantyne, he, he didn't want to make a play where Casey over got, got over aggressive. He messed up. That would have been a catch by the Bengals on a first down. So he just said, all right, I'm just going to just gonna block this ball. Or maybe he just didn't have his hands up. But Corey Ballantyne had a had a interception right there. I'm a huge fan of Corey Ballantyne. He's playing with such a chip on his shoulder after losing his best friend on draft night in that shooting and getting injured. He has so much to prove. So I'm so excited for Corey Ballantyne. But Jabril Peppers, we're we're also excited on him. I'm included, but I'm a few. I feel like we almost got to temper expectations a little bit because as much as he, I feel like he's almost just like Atlanta Collins, but he could just cover tight ends better. I, I hate that I'm saying that, but 
nothing has completely jumped out at me as Jabril Peppers is an upgrade over Landa Collins. Yes, we were mad at Landa Collins for calling us out. I have said before that he's he's a better uh, tight end, I mean, safety. But other than that, he's not much better than Landa Collins, in my opinion. Yeah, that that's fine. And we'll see more in the regular season. But uh, I also, and I think you'd agree, I'd rather have Jabril Peppers on his contract no, than Landon Collins on his contract. Uh, yeah, and I, th- I think everyone realized that that we, there was no way we were ever going to pay Landon Collins that. Uh, but it was like, you see a number 21 get beat in man coverage against a tight end. It's like, man, we've, we've seen that before. Um, Julian Love, he was one of my guys to watch. I didn't notice anything out of him. Uh, we'll probably talk a little bit about him on Monday after we watch tape. Danny, any final thoughts on the game besides what the hell are you doing, Bengals, trying to go for two to tie the game? We're not trying to go to overtime in the preseason. Yeah, Bengals, as a few, just let us go to bed. Let let your players get home. Uh, but yeah, uh, we've talked about it. We gotta look at the tape. But this game had some good, had some bad. Uh, this is this was really a big test for the offense because they got a good amount of playing time. This is the last time we're going to see them, so we're going to have to watch the tape. But I, I'm not, defense worries me the most. That's still my biggest fear heading into Dallas. Yeah, biggest takeaway is it's it's not even like fun for Daniel Jones anymore. It's it's becoming expected. Um, and what sucks is we, this might be like the second to last time we see him all season. You know, it's crazy that like I'm so excited about him, and there's a chance we just don't see him all year. That. That's kind of frustrating, to be honest. I mean, uh, if, if if we don't see him all year, I know you'll agree with this. That means we're in a good spot, I feel no, like. No, it, it does. It does. But it is like, dude, we love this kid. We just made t-shirts for him. Actually, he's going to play. Go buy his t-shirts. Shoutboardmedia.com. Uh, Click the merch yeah. tab. All right. So let's close it out. Uh, we'll be back Monday after we watch, you know, film 25 times. Um, we'll be a little more sharp and uh, like, oh, this play, this happened. Um, but overall, uh, I thought it was a pretty decent game. I wasn't as fun as the first two games, but nonetheless, a win is more fun than a loss. Um, so, Danny and listeners, until Monday, let's go Big Blue. you just heard was made using anchor ever thought about making your own podcast anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started it's a one-stop shop for recording hosting and distributing podcasts best of all it's a hundred percent free sign up now at anchor.fm new that's anchor.fm new to get started